Welcome to Blightbringers, a Legion of Everblight-focused War Machine and Hordes podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lore, and we have a couple of these babies queued up, so who knows when I'm going to release this one. Joining me this week is Wolf. How you doing, buddy? Hello. Uh, I am currently soliciting for a tournament coming up, so if anybody has some good stuff, let me know. I might take it, and let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. you going to crush Thank all you. your real-life friends, what you're saying? I have real life friends. That's my understanding. Oh, yeah, no. I, I don't think any of them would consider themselves my friends. That's a shame. I don't have friends. I have people that just begrudgingly play this game with me. <laughs> it sounds like my friends. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Good uh, times. So, Cutter, uh, he's currently out gaming, but hopefully he'll join us a bit later to help us out with uh, today's show. Um, but this week, we solicited questions from you, our wonderful listeners, and you provided us with some great questions that we're going to do our best to answer adequately. How's that sound? I mean, adequately might be a stretch, but we'll certainly try. Fantastic. Um, do you have any local game? Yeah, local. Recent games you want to go over quick? Yeah, Anything? actually. So I played one yesterday with Cutter's Archangel list that he's been kind of dojoing. The Lilith 1 version? No, it's Abby oh. 1. Ah. Uh, so it's Abby one with a uh, Archangel, Proteus, a Bloodseer, and a Carnivian. We've got a Throne of Everblight, uh, a Nis Sorceress and Hellion, a unit of Ice Witches, one Shepherd, two Forsaken, two Spell Martyrs, and I believe that's the list. I played into Rhett. It was Kalissa with. Yeah, Gillis is very good. Um, had Iris, the uh, red dudes with crossbows and swords. That's an ambushing unit. Um, so, mage hunters. Yeah. Okay. It was, what else did it have? It had four jacks. Had uh, their solo. That gives their whole battle group refuge for some reason. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, so their, their lesser warcaster has, I think it's called Silence of Death. Which is essentially refuge on herself. Yeah. That doesn't sound accurate. I don't know, man. I haven't seen her in a while, but yeah. So EK, it's like a, it's a, as far as I'm, my understanding is it's a target self upkeep that is essentially refuge. So if you hit, you get to advance with every single thing in your battle group. So it's called Speed of Death, and Speed when it's of a death. model. When a model in the spellcaster's battle group hits one or more enemy models with melee or ranged attack during its activation, while in control range, at the end of its activation, it can make a full advance. Yeah, so refuge. That's, yeah, but that's in her battle group, and she only has focus four. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. She she took two jacks. Okay. The so, two yeah, lights. And then yeah, Kalissa had the other two. Gotcha. That's a thing, then. Yeah, it's really good. Like, man, I was pretty jelly. I mean, just kill Lara. You don't have to worry about it. Right, yeah. Let me get right on that. She's a 15-14. You're fine. Mm -hmm. So, this game pretty much boiled down to um, scenario, I think. Or, well, ultimately it was... He had four jacks left and I had a Carnivian. <laughs> the guns on those new lights are very good. Yeah, they are. And while my opponent did forget that the feet Abby one has just heals everything. 
which pretty much gave me a free turn of shooting because he shot all my bees instead of my support. Oof. Um, I ended up getting far too aggressive probably with the Archangel, and then while it survived, it failed to kill the things it had engaged the next turn by rolling a bunch of unboosted fives instead of sixes that it needed, and didn't kill a dang thing. Well, I mean, dice happen. Yeah, so I don't know Like I said, if it was I moved too aggressively with the Archangel, or if the Archangel just completely gave up on me. And it's I don't like it's kind of tough for me to call either way right now, because I feel like it should have done more than it did in either scenario. So we'll see. No, maybe you just didn't believe in it enough. Maybe maybe That's I didn't yell at my dice. You know. Yeah. Um, did, did you destroy one and teach all the others a lesson? My dice were very expensive. Yeah. Well, but I'd rather not destroy one. Yeah. I mean, if it comes down to it. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, Abby One's feet is pretty decent. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was unable to kill the Archangel. It had a bunch of damage on it, but it didn't die, so that was pretty cool. But I, I don't think it's a, something you want to rely on. I mean, it works on like the Archangel because you can't just Grievous and shut it off. That does help. That does help, I'll admit. It's, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But. Yeah, as you know, the resident Abby One fangirl, I approve of any attempt to use her because I love her so much. Yeah. So I had refuge on the throne, and then forgot to use it. And I had uh-huh. yeah, and I had forgot to use the archangels deceptively mobile too. So it was a bad day for reposition, is what I'm saying. So it's not so much that you lost the game because dice, you're just bad at this. That's that's what I'm hearing here. Yeah, that's I thought we established that like the first episode. So yeah, I, I just like to reestablish that every once in a while. No, I just appreciate so I, it. Just so we know the pecking order here. Like Cutter is clearly number one because you know he makes it into Masters events. I'm number two by virtue of remembering all my rules, and you're like bottom of the totem pole by virtue of not remembering all your rules. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. You can dig it. Thank God I know how to edit. <laughs> I like it how that's the that's the bar we go with now. Well, you know, <laughs> it's the only thing I bring. Just edit all of my shit out. Well, thanks. That's not what I was getting at, but all right. God damn it. Um, how about you, Wolf? Did you get any games in? Uh, I did. I was posting it on the Facebook group at the time, but uh, it was Animag versus Vlad Two Armored Core in a game of why do I hate myself this much? Let's find out. Mm. And like his dice went super south for a couple of very key moments. Um, like a hand of faded Marauder definitely walked in fully loaded to the Blightbringer and left it alive on like 10 boxes. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Or there was the unit of bombardiers that under Hand of Fate, plus their mini feet, managed to kill, like, two Chosen, and one of them toughed, and the other one, like, I don't think he actually killed it, I think he just took it down to, like, six boxes. Wow. Like, there was definitely some moments of, like, oh, okay, um, there was, you know, Eliminators charging and being like, I'm gonna combo strike this Warmonger, and I miss. <laughs> it's like they're, they're deaf 12 sir he's like yep missed well this one's gonna do this snake eyes okay 
Yikes. Uh, like, this feeded demo core is going to charge this guy, Snake Eyes. Like, all right, I guess I just don't want to do anything today. I'm like, well, yep, that happens. Oh, my God. And, uh, his dice were absolute shit, and I still lost on scenario. <laughs> so I don't like that match. It's a playable match. And, like, we were on Mirage. So, like, active scenario kind of kept me in it. And yeah. Had I positioned a little better, I think I probably could have won that. But okay. you, you're really hoping to get, like, spread the net or Mirage and really kind of hoping that it works out because it's not always going to work out and you should probably have a plan to deal with that. Yeah. The plan should not involve throwing overs at it because that doesn't seem to work. No, totally. But yeah, that was that, was that game. It was a good game. Uh, it was from Adam of the Signs Importance podcast, who was a friend. They haven't put anything out in a while, but I'm told that they will be back soon. So if you listen to them, they'll be back soon. Well, that's good. Maybe you should. Maybe you should care about somebody other than yourself. <laughs> wow. You know, people put a lot of time and effort into this. Maybe you should listen to some of it instead of just caring about yourself and your own life and your own shitty problems, right? Oh How about thinking about other people for a change? I I did listen to them. Um, I thought they were pretty good, so it would be nice to see them come back. See? There you go. Ron Moore's a good person. <laughs> I mean, that's a low bar because he's Canadian, but still, what the fuck is up with the rest of you? Oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So moving on, we have a few questions from the community here. Let's, uh, let's start with one that appeals directly to me, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah, baby. It says, what are your best Shredder Swarm lists? Not too bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, the, is the answer Abby too? The answer is not Abby too. Then Abby the answer has to be Abby too. Pretty much the reason being, she's the only one that lets them run for free, and we don't get a free fury to allow us to do that. Definitely not calling any uh, anything out here. No. So I think you have to take Abby too, which works out pretty okay because Abby too has both Alpha Hunter and her feet that turn up Shredders pretty nicely. They still are fairly limited by their two Fury, but getting a free charge, two-inch melee range, flanking POW 12s is pretty respectable. Um, Turns out they'll just eat everything in front of them. Yeah, they kill infantry. They kill decent armor warjacks without too much issue. Uh, I'm happy to run a list like that, I think, in most situations. So the one that I've been playing with, I've had three games with it, and I like it. It's Abby 2 with nine Shredders, a Harrier, Proteus, Zeriel, Azrael being in Children of the Dragon. And we got some Solos, we got Kralix, definitely some Shepherds, definitely some Spell Martyrs. But that's pretty much where I started. On occasion, I want to pull Zuriel out because four shredders, four and a half shredders, or four shredders? Yeah, four shredders is in most situations more powerful than Zuriel. But unfortunately, he like decided he was Matt 10 and killed Denny one game, so I'm like really torn on <laughs> doing so. Yeah, turns out that's a thing that'll happen. Yeah, so 
I think the list has game into everything but the highest of armors. You just really have to pick your spot when you feat. I'm going to say don't be afraid to back up and allow your opponent to just get a defensive feat out of the way if they if you can bait it out of them, especially for going first. Like, move up aggressively, hope your opponent feats, back off, let them score. It's going to suck. Just don't let them take too many points for free. But I think there's a game there in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it seems legit. Uh, the only Shredder spam list I ever played was Abby 2 with 20-odd Shredders. Mm. And I played that like three times, and it was just ridiculous every game. And then I had to give all the Shredders back because I don't own 20-something of them. Yeah, I've played that list as well. And even with nine Shredders, as soon as you commit, you have Fury problems. Which kind of resolves itself because they all die. Or they all just frenzy on each other, which is unfortunate, but not the end of the world. It's fine. Everything's fine. They're just shredders. Yeah, the problem is you do need to do an adequate amount of work, and if you don't, then you're in serious, you're serious trouble. And that's why you go on waves. You throw like 10 shredders in, do as much damage as you can, leave the next 10 back, and be like, well, you're going to have to kill these 10, and then the next 10 are coming in, and they're just going to mess up everybody's day. Yeah, that's definitely an option. It's fine. Everything's fine. Can you do shredders on anyone else, do you think? I know JVM this weekend, at War Machine weekend, brought his chrysalis back out. That included a spawning vessel, the Boilmaster and Spirit Cauldron, and uh, Beast Mistresses. So that, that's another way that you can get free runs and charges out of your shredders. Yeah, um, I think Thags too is also another one that can do it if you really want to do it. And that's just because Manifest Destiny kicks the damage up consistently, as well as, you know, the feet move and attack. So you can get an extra attack out of every Shredder with Flank and Manifest Destiny. But it's... I haven't played it, it's just I know I've heard about it. Yeah, I think you kind of, like, you're still limited by the fact that you can't run. Also, you're still limited by the fact that you're taking Shredders. That is, that can be a problem, absolutely. That is, in fact, a limiting factor of the entire list. <laughs> Alright, I think that about covers that. I think it has game in some instances, but we're definitely probably better off just playing something more reasonable. I think it's hilarious in some instances. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not good, but you could dark horse your way to a couple wins, and that's got to be worth something. Yeah, I mean, I'm two and one with it, so whatever. I mean, your meta is like four people. No, I played two games in Ottawa. All right, do you have one you want to answer? From Devin Kaminsky, which I'm assuming I'm saying his name right. Oh, I did. Uh, Hold on one sec there. I forgot to say that her first question was from Ryan Johnson, so thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what casters besides Animag run PT the best and why? Okay, so your standard... PT caster is Animag because she's the new hotness and everybody and their brother is going, hey, Legion can get a plus six damage swing for the <laughs> first time ever. Well, maybe not ever, but for the first time in a while. And a lot of other factions are losing their shit because it turns out mass access to Grievous and having, you know, a relative easy way to say your death doesn't matter for a turn, your armor doesn't matter for a turn, I'm going to do what I want. Makes a lot of people very angry. Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> you people deserve it. There was a time when we were on top, and now we're back on top, and you're going to suck it up and deal with it. Crix has been able to do this for like the last year and a half. 
they can do it, so can I. But I think, I don't think she's honestly the best caster in PT. I just think that if you're not prepared for her, she has a lot of weird assassination angles and just gets to trivially remove defense and armor from the game, at least for a turn. Yeah. Um, so I think other good casters besides her would be Callus One as JVM is running. Um, yeah. He does kind of the same thing. His feet is also just gives you an additional turn to get in there and hit everything instead of relying on doing it all in one. Callus uh, 2 can get in there and do it. He doesn't have the armor buff for the survivability options, but like he certainly kicks damage into high gear because Battle Lust. Yep, Battle Lust um, is very good on cavalry. Yeah, it is. It's really good on Warmongers too. Just randomly POW 16 Weapon Master berserking dudes. Like, all right. Yeah, that'll um, take care of like even medium infantry pretty well, I would think. Oh, yeah. Um, Fiana also runs it really well because, again, Fury is your damage boost. And the feat kind of gives you an extra turn. Um, as much as I don't want to say people, but the meta, I guess, as a whole, from things I've heard, or rather things I've heard on the internet and random people complaining that defense doesn't matter anymore. All of this stuff is super accurate. And if you're Duff 14, like Jacks are randomly Matt 9 and they still hit you. But like Duff still matters. And it turns out if you miss one attack into a Fiona list, you still just get to back up. Yeah. So, randomly, you know, def 15 mongers is enough to swing dice and make people go, huh, I guess I have to boost to hit this, because if I don't, you just get to walk out of range. Yeah, def 15 mongers presents an interesting problem. Especially because if you do hit them the one time, you're probably not killing them. Depending on what it is. Um, yeah, but if they take, like, you know, pot shots at them, they might yeah. not die. And then if you yeah. miss later, they dodge in their vengeance, and they're just closer to you than before. Yep. Seems bad I, saw, for you. Uh, I saw a weird list that was uh, double war spears because it turns out when you're deaf 16 on the charge and you add in Fiona's feet and you're like, oh, now if you charge me, I'm randomly deaf 19. Like, seems that's pretty good. Sorry, why are we defense 16 on the charge? Oh, sorry. sorry, 14. Okay. My math is hard. No, that's yeah. fine. I just wanted to double check. Yep. Uh, 12, 14 with set defense, and then you go up to 17. Yeah. Like, that's still pretty damn good. If you can get a wall or something in the way, then you're 19. Like Totally. So I think she does it well. Um, Thags 1 is another option because Fog of War means you're def 14 on the approach. Yeah. And then you can still cycle uh, Draconic Blessing to be somewhere between POW 16 and 18, depending on if you've got the Lightbringer in there. Um, so I think he's another solid one. I've seen talk of... I haven't seen the list, but I've heard twins can kind of do it. They've got, you know, the hit buff in Mark for Duff. Yep. Um, you've got Rias that gets to play the I'm going to jump around and sprint around the Golab all day. And then you just randomly give all your Warmongers Pathfinder on the charge, which solves a problem in the list in that nothing has Pathfinder. Yeah, they definitely appreciate Pathfinder. So, I mean, I think there's a couple of casters that can do it. I think a couple of them do it well. I just think that right now, because Animag is the hotness and everybody's worried about her, that like she's what people are going to see. I think eventually people are going to look at her and say, hey, she does damage really well, but like maybe I don't need to worry about doing all of my damage in one turn. Maybe I'm going to try and kind of time lock it with Callus or Fiana, or maybe, you know, 
I'm going to this place that I know uses a ton of terrain and twins is going to be an option. Even Rias one, like I've seen a couple of people do that and just blend infantry because feet plus berserk means you can kind of kill the world. Yeah. I think a lot of different casters can do it. It really just depends on what you want it to go into, but yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Cool. No, I think you're, you pretty much nailed it on that there. You have a lot of options, and you just need to choose the right tool for the job. Might just be Animag. He's generally very powerful. So. Yeah, it turns out just Carnage plus uh, Gorag's bonus plus Vet Leader means your randomly met six dudes are met 11. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's only pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's very silly. Oh my god. Just gonna right. charge and randomly be Matt 13. I need not ones to hit your warpulf. <laughs> this is one of the few, she is one of the few lists that I legitimately look at and go, yep, you're right, defense doesn't matter because I can legitimately get up to Matt 15 on a charge. Yeah. Like, your defense is not going to be high enough that I'm gonna miss more than like 10 to 20% of the time, if that. Like, I'll take those odds. Yeah, for sure. Let's keep with the Primal Terrace theme, and uh, we'll actually talk about from Pete McCann. Would Oracles be a good pairing for Animag and all the mongers? And if so, what caster do you think covers her weakness? Mm, well, would Oracles be a good pairing? Sure. It's like, there, there's no reason as a theme it can't be. It really depends on the list. If you're going to take, like, Val 2 and Double Thrones, yeah, that's, that's probably a fine pair. I don't yeah. see why it wouldn't be. I don't think you're going to have two lists that cover all of the weaknesses So of, like, the other one. So if you're running Animag with Triple Mongers, which is the version I've been running, like, it's really hard to take an off list that is going to cover everything she doesn't want to see. Because she doesn't want to see like Gorshade 4 or Sorsha 1 or anybody that can time walk her by stationarying or like knocking down all of her dudes. She doesn't want to see like heavy gun lines. And they don't necessarily have a list that can deal with both of those things or deal with them effectively. So I, I think it's a fine pair, but I, I don't know if there's like a specific caster that covers everything. For me, I like. Generally, like the look of oracles, um, thrones are one of our best heavies that doesn't have a fury stat, so it always does a predictable amount of work without too much investment, which is quite good. And I think any time I can put them on the table, I'd be happy to. It's a shame they're stuck in oracles, we'll say, but you know what can you do? Maybe we'll get you know an actual beast theme at some point, and you know. The and they can stay in the magic theme, and we'll have a decent beast theme, too. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think Oracles does cover a fair amount. Um, you have the ability to have stealth hex hunters, which are decent into guns, unfortunately. A lot of guns nowadays, when they're taking a gun list, do just ignore stealth, so that's something you need to be aware of. Um, and the armor in that list isn't particularly high, so you do just get shot up. I don't know. I think it's possible... Like I said, I like oracles as a general rule, but I don't know. I think I talked myself out of it, I'll be honest. 
I, I don't know. I don't mind it. Um, I think Vale 2 can do it. I think Thags 1 could do it. I think, weirdly, Fiana could do it. That seems pretty good in my mind. See, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say that this theme is going to be a good pair for this specific list because there's a lot of, maybe not a lot, there's a couple different ways you could build that theme and each one will do it a little differently. So like Val 2 or Thags 1 with Double Thrones will be able, I think, to handle a lot of what she can't. Yeah. But like, I think a, like a Thags 1 children list could also do it. I think taking like Fiana in PT wouldn't be a bad bet with her because you get Golab and you can run kind of like the same list that also has like the flying circus element to it for the late game. So people still have to get through like the high arm chosen and warmongers, but then still have to deal with POW 18 narrows for the late game. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, I think really you just want to look at the tech pieces that you have available, whether that be uh, like the misspeaker Valkyries, the Naga, and kind of look at in your local meadow, what are the chances you're going to hit like, you know, a Sloan five by five, or what are the chances you're going to hit Haley three? If nobody in like your local area is playing those things, then your off list, you can kind of tech to deal with that. If you're going to like, conventions or you're going to larger events i don't know that you're gonna have a good way to deal with everything hi cutter hello the point being look at your local meta you can figure out the tech pieces you're going to need if you're going to cons and whatever else you're not going to be able to have two lists that handle everything anyway so plan out some strategic dodges or get wrecked i guess i don't know (laughs) yeah fair enough all right uh why don't we take a quick time out on the questions and welcome Cutter to the show midway through. Cutter, how you doing? Five dollars says he says ahoy. Oh no, he's gone away. <laughs> hey. <laughs> he was thinking of something to say that's not ahoy. I was, I was building suspense. Um, so I I heard part of that last question, and I my strategy in my experience is plan dodges and get wrecked because oh. I end up hitting my dodges. So, <laughs> See? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, all right. So like I said, we'll get back to these questions in a second, but Cutter, you just came back from playing some games. How did those go? Uh, yeah, they went well. Uh, the, the last game I played was kind of like a cheeky scar to um with a Kraken and some other stuff playing in a Kallus one. So that was interesting. There's some tech there. I have a ruling uh, that I'll I'll bring up once I get a ruling on it. And uh, basically, yeah, um, Black Spot can be pretty gross if you're not careful about it. So, you know, just be mindful there. And yeah, otherwise, I think... In general, I was playing on Recon 2. Um, it's one of my local Kirks players who really wanted to get Callus 1 practice in because he hasn't gotten to play it, but he's seen me play it a few times. So I think uh, he was also trying out Denegra 0, and we were both kind of interested to see how giving out Curse of Shadows would work in a Callus game because that involves a lot of like jamming people out. Um, I ended up getting a lot of stuff into melee, so 
Denegra couldn't land spells very easily, and I didn't roll any tough rolls. So none of my chosen that toughed or attempted to tough were knocked down for her to have as easy targets. So yeah, it was interesting. The other games that I've been doing, uh, I guess I'll talk about that while Ron is gathering beverages. <clears throat> Basically, what I've been doing is trying the Archangel with as many casters as possible. And that practice has been really interesting. I do feel like there are some casters that look good on paper and they end up just not being as good as you would like. And then there are other casters where its performance is a little surprisingly good. Um, I would say Absalonia 1 was, or Absalonia 2 was in the category of looks a lot better on paper than it actually performs in my experience. Yeah, I, I would buy that. Abby 2 yeah. doesn't seem like she wants an Archangel that much. Yeah, I wanted to see if any occasions arose where return fire with flying high was actually useful. And the answer is no, not really. But well, that's, that's yeah, I mean, it, it could be OK. My thought on that was I brought a Ravagor or two with her. Uh, and my thought was, well, maybe return fire will be kind of cute, especially if I end up not needing the puppet master that I put on the things that have return fire. So then the return fire with puppet master, that might be kind of neat. So especially if the only things that they really have to shoot at are things that are going to shoot back at them. So uh, I did make one mistake in that game, which was not using, I didn't hold return fire, and then a bunch of assaulting dudes came in, uh, and that would have made it a lot easier. So When are you going to learn to stop trying to play cute things and like just play things that are actually good? I mean, that's what I usually do, but is, is it the Archangel... With the Archangel, I'm experiencing a little bit of Blight Madness, but I've actually stopped playing it with a lot of other casters for the moment, and I'm just focusing on Absalonia 1. And I know uh, Ron also played this the same list that I was practicing with most recently. Yeah, So P play more Abby 1. She's good. Yeah, I, I covered my game at the top of the show. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, the... Yeah, that list is interesting. I think it it needs some iterating because in general, you know, you're going to find stuff that doesn't quite work the way you want it to work. The Bloodseer for me is the part that I'm like, it's it's good, but, you know, can I really spare those points that I need for the misspeaker so that the throne can do stuff? Um, what was your take on the throne in that list? Because I don't think we talked about it really. Um, it couldn't charge and then it failed to kill a jack. <laughs> Fair enough. For me, uh, it terrorized an entire unit of commandos the entire game, and they failed to kill it, and then it killed all of them. And then it was just like running around the board doing yeah. whatever it felt like, really. And the Archangel, on the other hand, did not do that. Um, but it did kill an Ironclad, like 100%ed one, because of the fire damage roll that didn't go out because it was still in the aura. Okay. And it was a power 14. <clears throat> so that's, that part was cute. Yeah, that's decent. Um, so it's interesting that you actually are singling out the Bloodseer for exclusion in your list when he came in really handy for me uh, supporting the Ice Witches with mm -hmm. their sprays. Uh, I killed a lot of Infiltrators and Mage Hunters with uh, Ice Witch sprays. 
Yeah, the the reason I the blood sphere is kind of like the point in question or the eight points in question is because it's the it's the part that's not necessary. Like the in that build, the archangel is necessary, the Carnivian is necessary, Proteus, the throne, the ice switches, like everything else is is necessary for how the list should be functioning. Right. And then the blood sphere is like do that stuff better, basically. Um, I would love if I could actually put Black Frost Chardon instead of the Blood Seer, but that's just not how the points work in Oracles. You can drop a Shepherd. So, yeah, but then. Oh, you, you lose the. So. Yeah. God. I, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, your press, please switch it back to 25. <laughs> we promise not to jam infinite narrows anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would really work anymore anyway. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I would. Um, I, I just like all the ice cages and the extra damage would be nice, but I can't give up the puppet masters that the ice witches bring. Yep. So the blood seer was okay. I just felt it like it was really slow. Speed five is really slow. Yeah. Um, I will hand out some really cute tech. So one of the alternative builds <laughs> um, I in my jank list. So I, I had people vote on jank or versatility or ham. Um, and people voted for the ham list, which is what that one is, because it's basically like uh, the Blood Seer just makes everything do what it does better, kind of. Like it could be Arm 20 with the Carnivian. Yep. Uh, it can put out the Aora. It can help with sprays or whatever. The Jank list actually runs a Blood Seer and a Rake, and that's like a weird combination. But the reasoning behind it is... You use the Rake's Animus on the Blood Seer, and you also put Wild Aggression and Puppet's Master on the Blood Seer. I love it. And then whenever anything charges into your Archangel, you have a countercharging, boosted to hit, reroll, crit knockdown, flying, like melee range to Blood Seer that just flies in and smacks it down. Yep, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Remember that time I said not playing things that are cute? Nope. Remember how you said that's not a thing that you do? Nope. Remember this entire conversation that just happened? Chip it. Uh, Chip it. I did say that I was experiencing blight madness. Chip it. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a really cute little interaction. I've been looking for a reason to play a rake, and that's the best reason I've found, um, is that particular interaction. So it's amazing. I love it. I kind of like Abby one with a rake because there's something oddly hilarious about countercharging with your caster and then mm -hmm. grievous, grievous wounding things that are trying to come at you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. she can be plus one speed and plus two strength. And I'm, I'm randomly going to countercharge with a POW 15 grievous wounds. Did I just knock your spirit out? That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, do you want to talk about any other games or you want to move on to some questions? Yeah, I mean, at some point, I do want to talk about the last two games of the Boker Brawl. Yeah. I don't need to do that now. But um, they were interesting games because it was High Reclaimer, Double Judicator, and it was Scar 1, Dark Host. Yeah, we'll, ske we'll schedule a, a time to do that between okay. us two, and I'll get that online as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, as far as other games, uh, I'll just talk about a couple other Archangel games that I played because I feel like I've been trying to get that to work. The Absalony one list I didn't really like. I feel like she really wants to 
I did end up winning that game, but it was just because he didn't respect the threat of Absolonia herself. Interesting. Um, so I I think he could have just played safer, and I, I was just, as soon as the Archangel died, I was just, like, staring at Siege all game. Like, I'm going to kill you if you come within 12 inches of my cast here. And he did, and he died. So the I tried it with Lilith 1 also recently, and I did two thrones and an Archangel, and the big problem I have with that list and from my experience and why I was advocating for not running all three of those huge bases is because I feel like the performance of the list is really, really reliant on the feet and also on landing Parasite. And what I was playing it into was, um, if anyone knows Charlie in my meta, he plays a bunch of crazy stuff. I, um, yeah, he was playing basically like soldier spam with Fagrosh 2 in Children of the Dragon with Zuriel. So it was like, I'm going to cut out all of your courtesies or spirits. And then that was backed up by Swordsman with a Warlord. So really, you don't get spirit or courtesies. Yeah, which is that's fine very for aggressive. Thrones. It's fine for Thrones, but... Um, ultimately, Thrones can't hit Def 13 very well, and they don't do a lot to Arm 17 or 18, right? They're 13, 16. So that was problematic. Uh, the feet turn, like, even when you're hitting them well, you're not doing a lot of damage. So I killed Zuriel. I killed, like, some of the soldiers. Uh, I really needed the Archangel to do work, but um, he was pretty deliberate about taking that down between all the soldiers and then the swordsmen following it up. It was an interesting list. Um, I feel like if I had more shooting, it would have been a really serious threat. If I was playing like Children of the Dragon, Double Raptors, Lilith one, uh, I would have just killed all of the soldiers on the way in and then all of the swordsmen behind it. So <clears throat> I feel like it was teched fairly well into what I wanted to play there. I also tried running Hex Hunters, and I really just have trouble running them without something triggering Prowl. But, you know, that's that's just because my meta shoots at me a lot. So, yeah, overall, um, I, I feel like you might want to only run two of those huge bases, maybe. Or, like, find some way, maybe drop the Hex Hunters, but then you're, like, you're really just putting it out there. Because I, I felt like I really needed some more hit and damage fixing somehow. Which makes me think maybe Black Frost Shard um, and their Ice Bolts are crit stationary anyway, so that's kind of cute with Lilith. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just felt like it was not quite doing what I wanted. Um, so I know people were talking about Lilith one. I know uh, Jake recommended it today. People have been throwing some lists out there. Um, I was running Croaks. The Croaks did do some stuff. Um, I kept the Archangel a little too close um, when it came down to keeping POW 14 fire on soldiers or just getting the Archangel's ass out of the way. Um, the latter is the correct thing to do for anyone <laughs> who's not thinking that through properly. Good to know. Yeah, because it wasn't really going to kill anything. I had done enough damage that I thought it was going to maybe take out some spirits or something, but... <clears throat> Yeah, it just wasn't the correct thing to do. So, yeah, it just felt like there was 
it was lacking that like cohesion that you want in list. Right. It was doing one thing, and in this case, that one wasn't something that I could really do that well because it was against def thirteen soldiers or def higher, you know, fourteen uh, swordsmen. So that was my experience with it. Uh, the absolutely one list I do like a lot. Um, I I'm kind of sticking to that right now for my archangel, and I'm just pairing that with like a PT list of some sort. Yeah. Um, and as long as I can play the archangel list, I'm doing it. If not, then I'll run whatever the PT list is that I'm pairing it with. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So let's uh let's answer a couple more of these here questions. Um, since we're on the archangel, we got a question from Brandon Blanchard. Would the Archangel be better if it boosted cold damage? All the cold spells we have in faction, it seems like a good way to power up some of our support, turn the battle engines up to 11, and get Veil 2 and Lilith 3 on the table. Thoughts? I have no trouble putting Veil 2 on the table. I don't yeah. either. Veil 2 doesn't really need a help getting on the table, and that's not going to get Lilith 3 on the table, because she's only getting... A free frost hammer a turn if there's nothing else for her to do and there usually is yeah it's called cast wind wall yeah cast wind wall or spiny growth or you know literally anything else all right let's let's ignore that part of the question um <clears throat> let, let's actually maybe turn this up even a bit further would the archangel be better if it boosted elemental damage just in general i mean it'd be cool but like fluff wise there's no reason for it to not like that fluff equals rules ever, but that's kind of a consideration. And then, like, I, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of the things that it would boost are, like, your thrones are going to go up to power 14 sprays, which is great. Ice, ice switch sprays are going to go up to 14s. Yep. Black frost shard shots are going to go up to 14s. Like, you're not bringing anything up to a crazy amount. You're You're, you're making it better, sure, but... You're still spending 35 points on a garg. Garg. To, to, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> to maybe make these things a little better if stuff's in range, and if you don't kill it, then it still probably just gets charged and dies. That sounds like an argument against it even boosting fire. Yeah, it is. <sighs> I mean, I like the Animus as more than I did the other one, because its old one was just... Hey, if you're within two inches, you get lit on fire. It was, it was friggin' useless. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is better than that, but it's still a 10-inch range gun with an animus that you have to be within 10 inches of, and if you're within 10 inches of it, it's probably getting charged, and whatever's charging it is killing it, because it's a arm 19 gargantuan, like, with no defense. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's why I like it with Absalonia 1. Because it does at least like you can screen it a little bit and they'll kill your screen and then whatever gets into it maybe doesn't kill it. I mean, um, I've I had this was a while back when I was you know playing Abby one before the changes, but like I was taking her and it out of theme with uh, Hellmouth, putting two tentacles in front of it, and then just double light bursting, and it was fine then because if you walked into the AOE to hit it, you only got your initials and like that was enough to keep it going, but you can't necessarily do that all the time and then again you're still spending 35 points on a piece that can depending on the amount of shots it rolls largely be ignored or kind of 
just get charged at a weird angle or something. Like there's still a lot of ways to get at it. I like it better than it was, but I don't know like if it boosting damage for other things is the route you want to go to get it on the table more. Yeah, I mean, I think what we actually would want for the cold damage thing, most of our cold damage are spells. And I think it would probably be more useful to have something that boosted our spell damage by two. Yeah. That would be cool. I don't know, maybe put that on like the Bloodseer. Make it useful. It's hey, you get a plus two to hey, you get a plus two to hit, and it's Animai is a two cost that says you get plus two damage. Like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do that. Yeah, or like maybe Vale's character or something. But yeah, I think the because we don't have a lot of elemental damage that isn't fire or a spell, right? Like we have Belphegor and um We've got Venom like, in one place yeah Bethane. yeah but that's a spell yeah so oh non yeah, yeah. non spells fair enough mm-hmm. yeah uh, so yeah. i think i think having something i mean maybe Bethane will change to uh do something with spells again and that would kind of fill that niche but let's let's not wish list right now <laughs> let's... If, we're wish, if we're wish listing can we just make beth not useless that's that's a discussion for another day Fair All right. One more Archangel-related question. This one from Brian Charrington. Does the Archangel change make Ravens of War worth considering? And if so, which Warlocks? So I think so, uh, specifically with Kallus too. Okay. Because I think the Archangel is a good piece to help enable feet, and then you still have the units for Battlelust. So it can kind of play that late game. It doesn't need the animus. It's just there to throw out continuous fire so that all your grotesques and raptors threat that extra three inches for feet turn. But then you also have battle lust for the hitting power on all of those units. And then late game, you still have an archangel that people need to deal with, which since hopefully you've traded up with you know raiders and striders hitting at pound nine to 12 weapon master attacks, you've destroyed or severely limited the amount of things left that could get on it. Yeah. So I think that makes an interesting list. Um, not sure if it's good. I kind of want to try it, but it seems like it should be on paper. Yeah. What about you? I like the Kalos 2 idea. What about you, Cutter? Yeah, Kalos 2 is the one that I was looking at uh, in Ravens. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Raiders in general. Like They, they hit okay. Um, I was experimenting with Ravens of War a while ago, like when Kalos 2 came out, and uh, we were kind of looking at Ravens a little harder than I feel like, and uh, like earlier in our themes. Yeah. And the Raptors are good. Uh, I like taking Deathstalkers. I like having Tentacles. Um, I think Raiders with an Assassin can conceivably be good. The Archangel. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, again, it, it can be kind of tricky uh, to get the fire to land where you want, but um, he's probably the one I look at the most. I've tried playing Ravens with Fianna 2, and I feel like the feat just kind of falls flat after that. Other casters that might look at Ravens, like maybe you could consider both one looking at it, because um, she can definitely turn up the damage, she can help things hit. Um, but I think it might be lacking a few of the tools. Um, 
and if you you're really not going to be using the animus for anything except itself probably because there just isn't any fire damage there yeah and if you're already taking an archangel uh if you take like croaks or something in addition to that you start kind of eating into the potential for free points pretty hard so <clears throat> yeah i think i think maybe some of like Kalos 2 double raptors or uh some of the casters that can put croaks out there um and help them do some damage might be an interesting way to go about it um but i still feel like that theme although is one of our more cohesive themes uh could probably use a little bit in a little bit of an update to kind of match some of the other themes that are out there it might just be in free points or uh like what generates free points or what kind of things are available there are Anissa, cough, cool Anissa. yeah like having a free Anissa would be pretty cool she's not really worth eight points at this right now no so you could knock her down to seven make her free uh make strider, her free option strider rangers could get cra back just <laughs> as a thought oh i would love that that's that was one of the saddest unit changes for me yeah because i i used to play a lot of veil one and i would bring scouts specifically because of the cra so that there was like they could still do damage if they need yep Gotta differentiate them from the archers there, guys. Come on now. The the what? No. Oh, gotta, gotta <laughs> differentiate them from the archers, but also you can't take them together. Fuck you. That's, That's not, not important. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think ravens... I think the archangel can be one of the saving graces of ravens, um, but <clears throat> I think it would require some experimentation. And then, like, the big problem, honestly, that I have with ravens right now is pairing it finding where to put it in a pairing right that's fair okay um so quickly just one last uh, this is a question from me it's been a little while since the changes we've had a chance to use the archangel do you think they went far enough no just flat now like it's definitely interesting now i feel like it's closer to where it should be but no i, I don't think it's far enough i don't think it needs much more like i, I think Either having some type of more consistency on the gun, um, having the animus reach out a little bit further so that it can stay a little bit farther back while still actually contributing that part of its game. Um, I, I, there's a couple of things I think it could do to be more worth its points, but I think it's closer than it was and it's slowly moving in the right direction, which is probably enough for the time being but I, I i don't think it's there yet personally what about you cutter i think where i would categorize it right now is potentially niche so like with absolutely one that's the best place that i've personally found to play it uh, i have lists for little three i have lists for callus two i have lists for veil two someone was trying to convince me that thagrash two can play it that was neat right um <clears throat> So I think the biggest things that I've seen in my practice games with it is I really, 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 really wish that it was Fury 5. That would be great. Okay. If it was one point less, there's a couple lists that I could make uh, <laughs> that I feel like would be a lot better, which is like a little frustrating. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of lists like that wherever you are. The I feel like it needs 
some other things that could kind of benefit it would be things like the oracles change. Like if that did change to different points, it would give you some flexibility that would make running an Archangel a little easier, probably. Uh, same with Ravens. I feel like theme changes there could actually be pretty meaningful. The I think that like if we ever got a solo or a, an officer attachment, a ranking officer that made croaks friendly faction that could be really incredible right like it's kind of a pipe dream yeah um like how do we not have that yet though for real there are a lot of things that like could contribute to the archangel being better as a standalone piece i feel like it does it's like a little short of where we want it it's potential potentially it does have some niche value um with some of the casters that we've discussed maybe casters to come but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's because it's so expensive, it does make it a little difficult to leverage some of the abilities. Um, having a star attack, like what the Mammoth and the Storm oh, Raptor got, yeah. would be really cool. Um, having a little bit of a longer gun, like 12, would be really cool. I did find the reposition to be a lot more meaningful in its current iteration. Like, I feel like the Archangel is starting to emerge from you know the the kind of sad state that it's been in for a while and that part's exciting where you're like oh it's actually like i can see that it's trying to do some things and those things are exciting but yeah it's as far as i've seen with the tools that i've been able to put together in my games um it's felt a little like a struggle um and just getting it in there can be it is a little fragile too so it's i think you really want to look at what because we're in a position where you need to see like what does the caster do for the archangel more than what does the archangel do for the caster you know what i mean yeah and some of the stronger pieces like siege and Amantrax, judicators you can put them into lists where the caster isn't actually doing a whole lot for them uh but they're like pulling the list up themselves so <clears throat> and sometimes when you're looking at things like that like absolutely too is a great archangel but she could also just make some other things great yeah she can like bring two carnivians mm -hmm. that's probably better yeah yeah and they're 18 points so it actually that does cost a point more now so that's Indeed. like something to consider but yeah i mean it's i think that i definitely have seen its potential kind of emerging a little bit and that's cool. So I'm going to play more games with it and see. Uh, but I know that they're being pretty cautious with it. So I would anticipate maybe it being a little bit longer before we see anything else happen to it. Yeah, that's fair enough. How about uh, you? Man, I only got the one game in so far. I kind of echo the thoughts that it, it the gun, it would be great if it was 12. I understand why it's probably not going to be 12. Um, it would be interesting if the Archangel could benefit from Concealment. Um, like, then it gives it a place with Fog of War. Playing God allows it to have Ashen Veil. Maybe something like that could be worthwhile. Make it even a, a bit more difficult to shoot. I don't know. I, I think I'd be happy with it if it just went up to, like, base def 12. Yeah, like, or yeah, defense buff it would be appreciated. As it just stands at def eleven, like most 
Jackson Beasts are met six and seven. Like it's just it's def does not matter at all. Yeah. So like taking it up to twelve at least gives it a chance to like for something to miss. Yeah, I, I think. I think Mac misses. It probably survives. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in that. Uh, uh, things I was talking to Ron about with the the Abby list is you can you can put it in a position where people might make a bad decision and like maybe they are banking on rolls being a little high, charging in and killing it. But if they don't, you heal it to full. The problem is it looks a lot more imposing than it is defensively. Yeah. So you have to know the opponent because your opponent will not will probably overcommit on. So you can use that to your advantage too a little. You know, like an entire unit kills it and then Proteus eats all of them. And <laughs> you know, maybe that's enough. But <clears throat> if that unit's worth thirty five points, yeah, sure, totally. So okay. My internet's starting to give up completely. Uh, what do you say we ended here? We got a couple questions in the tank we can address later. And uh, Cutter and I, we definitely do need to record part two of your Boker Brawl. So maybe we'll bring those together. What do you say? Sure. All right. Uh, yeah, and also congrats. I wanted to say uh, congrats to JVM for making it into the final four. Yeah. Um, the little angry dwarf took him out but um, it was a good fight yeah Ostrom's a jerk Uh, (laughs) but yeah congrats on that cool Um, anything you guys want to go on before we shut her down completely Uh, got a tournament down in Candor on the 10th Uh, if you're in southern New York I know they're limiting it to 16 people but stop in say hello Maybe play some games. Um, other than that, congratulations to Brett for winning. Winning with the caster that was released yeah. at War Machine Weekend. Showed up with Iona and just <laughs> punched face in. So well done to him. And I think Brad Park won something as well. I don't remember what he won, but I remember seeing his name up that he won something. So congratulations to him. What you're saying is the secret tech is to play the new stuff. The secret tech is to either be really good and play the new stuff, or just play the broken-ass Crick stuff. That's, <laughs> that's how you apparently win. All right. Better? Uh, I didn't know about the tournament in Candor. I don't know how far Candor is from me, because I don't uh, know where Candor is. Do, do you know where Ithaca is? Okay, so it's not that south. It, it's so it's sl- south it, for upstate people. Yeah, it's south for me. It's like a three-hour drive. I think it's about 45 minutes south of Ithaca. I gotcha. Okay, so it's it's still too far for me, but um, yeah, New York's a lot bigger than I had thought, I guess, uh, when I lived upstate for most of my life. So yeah, I guess otherwise, uh, keep sending us questions. We're happy to talk about things. Um, you know, share your list. We're we're dojoing constantly. Some people write in. That's really cool. Yeah, we get to have conversations with them. Come on the Discord. That's always a big deal uh, for us because we Legion, I think, is pretty much hands down the most active community on Discord. Is that also, fair to say? Yeah, you also occasionally get to see me and Simon yell at each other, which is always fun. It is mm-hmm. fun. Occasionally. 
Yeah. Only when we're both on at the same time. Yeah. Like four days out of five. Time zones are a thing. <laughs> um, so for me, I've got a team of locals heading to the OTC in February. So that's exciting. Join us on the Discord, like Cutter said. Link, as always, is in the show notes. And oh, I started streaming my painting. Uh, I just finished Golab. It looks amazing, in my opinion, and I'm super happy with them. Turns uh, out the bird is the word. Yeah, so that's just twitch.tv slash ronlore. Um, I'll try and post on Blightbringers whenever I go live. Uh, follow me if you like. I'm probably going to be singing terribly, so hang out for that, I guess. It's true, he does. It's Your ears will hurt, but it's worth it. <laughs> uh, I do watch the chat, so... Oh, thank you. No, yeah, I'm super happy with Golab. Um, but yeah, I watched the chat, so I'll interact with you. And it's been a really fun time so far, so I hope people tune in for that. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So that will do it for the 21st episode of Blightbringers. Thank you all for listening. Cheers. As usual, I'm last. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye.